Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I am the resident Spielberg expert, Justin Kizan. Uh, and today we're here to talk about uh, 1941. I was going to add some flair, but uh, nothing <laughs> it's like you, It was kind of like, you were kind of lost yeah. in the in the moment. Yeah. And just went, I just went, you know what, fuck it, I'm fuck just going to go for it. I'm going <laughs> to say the title of the film, which is 1941. Sometimes direct is the best answer, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to waste anybody's time with <laughs> Serpoof-Lewis. Superfluous. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Words. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah. This is a significant one. This is his first uh, movie about World War II, mm-hmm. which is uh, obviously a big theme in his work. Yeah. Uh, he would make, to my by my account, two more movies about World War II. Counting this one? This one and then two more after this one. I l- mm. Mm. You got yes. a different count? Yes. I had to think about it for a minute. Like, yeah. my, literally, my brain went to the... The Rolodex went. Yeah, we got Schindler's List, and we got Saving Private Ryan. He's like, he's like, he's right, Justin. Correct. I mean, arguably, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Arguably, but it's that was in the 30s before we really entered. But they were Nazis. Yeah, they were Nazis. Yeah, but the war existed before we entered it. Justin America keys on. (laughs) Justin America is the world keys on. (laughs) It was a war before we got in. (laughs) Not by my watch. Uh, but this is a big movie because it is his first World War II film. It's a big, it's certainly a big movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some would say too big. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you had watched this? Here's, this is why I'm actually was legitimately excited about this episode. Yeah. I've never. Oh, you've never seen, seen this Seen this all the way through. I had never seen it at all. I've seen chunks. Yeah. Vague memories of, of the film. Uh, and it's this thing where I just like, I don't know what the hell I was watching. <laughs> And when when we decided, like, this is actually the one I was the most excited yeah. to watch. Because, like, I've never sat down and tried 1941. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, this is a, this is kind of a, it was a treat for me. I'll tell you the facts about the film I knew going in. Go ahead. I knew it was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, mm-hmm. who also wrote Back to the Future, my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. As he, same here. Same yep. film. Yep. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're literally right now wearing a, a, a Back to the Future uh, Doctor Who crossover t-shirt. Correct. Um, <laughs> uh, had John Belushi in it. Yep. And it was probably about World War II. <laughs> that was the Don't, extent of my knowledge leading in. It's pretty good. It's kind of all you really yeah. need. And I tell you, after having watched the film, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that my knowledge of it has increased that much. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm roughly in the same place. Um, it's also to note that this is Spielberg's one real attempt at doing a comedy. It's a straight up comedy. Straight yeah. up comedy. Humor's will be definitely prevalent in a lot of his movies but well, this one is a this is mad on. man is this mad cap oh it tries to be <laughs> man the word the mad capness could yeah. not be capped <laughs> did you read uh, what stanley kubrick said about this movie no he said it's great but it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> wow i can't Ooh, that's so that's very accurate. Well, I well, I'm going to be a little more harsh. <laughs> I, I think great's a bit generous. How did you feel about this? This as a whole. Okay. Um, yeah, because I won't be as generous as Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Again, it's a lot of appreciation, <laughs> and I feel like if I saw it as at a young age, mm-hmm. if this was in my rotation as a child, like I saw it from the beginning to the end, I would have a fondness for it. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> man, I could, man, <laughs> man. I'm relieved to hear you say that. 
Because boy, did I have trouble getting through I, this. You know, I was really worried that as I was going here, going like, is this the, what if this is the one that Matt loves and I don't? <laughs> well, I'll wow, tell you, that would blow me away. <laughs> I'll tell you, going, I was also excited going into this mm-hmm. because I had a feeling, I'm going to shut, I'm going to shut these blinds when you start talking again because I, I noticed that the sun is starting to get in your eyes. Thank you, appreciate I'm going to finish my point and then I'm going to start shutting those blinds. Um, but I was excited going in because I, I've got a thing for underdog movies and this is a movie that is much maligned by professional critics but uh, has garnered something of a cult status over the years. Right. Uh, and I like John Belushi. I like the idea of a madcap uh, World War II movie directed mm-hmm. by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. On paper, I like everything going into this. I wanted to like the movie so bad. Yeah, yeah. But boy, did I not <laughs> when I actually watched it. Uh, so you say some things now, and I'm going to shut the blinds. Okay. No, and I'm with you, too. Like, all the things you just said is, like, I, I really want it to be this, like, oh, man, I know it got shit on. I know it totally got shit on, but I I ha- I think it's a blast. Yeah, is what kinda... I wanted to say. <laughs> I wanted to say that, Matt. It's really it's easy to imagine that that movie exists. Right. You know I mean? It's so it feels like it's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not. It's just. Um, did you watch the regular version or the extended version? Whatever version was on Google Play. Okay. How long was it? Almost two hours. Okay, so you watched the regular version. Okay. I watched the extended version. Holy moly. Which was about two and a half hours. Why? Why is uh, that two and a half hours? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I, I did some reading, uh-huh. and I probably, the original cut came in at two and a half hours. I did hear about that, and, yeah. And uh, Columbia and Universal, who, who co, co, both had money in the movie, yeah. said, Steve, this is insane. <laughs> no one wants to see two and a half hours of this. And they made him cut it, which he was very unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And so then he went back and later made a version that aired on TV mm. that was two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That was the version I saw. And let me tell you, could have lost a good hour and 15, I feel, <laughs> from, from the two and a half. Or, I, I, you were I could, complaining about cutting out half an hour. Yeah. You have a lot more problems yeah, than that. that. You could have cut a little more. Uh, oh, what a goddamn mess. This, that, that is the perfect word. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, it's so, like, I just... Mm, and it's I, like it's it's loosely inspired by like five different real life incidents. Yeah. Clearly, that we're clearly not one narrative in real life, no. and it shows. Uh, here, here. <laughs> this is either going to be a super long episode or a super short. I episode. actually was thinking that very same thing. Like, this could be the most simple direct where me and Mac was like, I, "That's it. All yeah. the points are done. It's, it's a, a mess. Forty-five Let's minute walk. episode, yeah. or we can go so deep into what's wrong with it. This will be as long as the Joss. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or the Jurassic two parter, whichever version you listen to. Yeah. Um, um, it. So, do you think anyone's good in the movie? Okay, uh, here's. I here, think I think there's a nugget of if if we if we could make this just the John Belushi character story. Okay, yeah. I think this would be an okay movie. Now here's the th- yeah that's the thing right like yeah. had this been the entirety of what's the name of his character again? Uh, uh, Wild Bill something. Yeah. If not like that's like that. We can find it. it. There is a thing called the Wild Bill Kelso. If the whole movie was about Wild Bill Kelso. Yeah. No, fuck that. If a 40% of the movie (laughs) was about Wild Bill Kelso. Yeah, it's not even that. He's not even in it very much. Yeah. I would say that's a fun movie. Yeah. I would because no John, John Belushi is really fun in this movie. He is. He's fantastic. He's everything you want John Belushi to be as a P forty yeah. World War II pilot. Just like who's gone insane is chasing yeah. Japanese what a, zeros. What through, an amazing character. California. What an awesome yeah. character. Yeah. Like no, and those are some of the best stuff and some of the most visually amazing things in the movie. Yeah. 
is the stuff with him in the plane and just him being fucking John Belushi yeah. as a drunken weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a movie I want to see. If anything, what's funny is that, did you ever see the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Weird? No. The Korean, okay, it's a I Korean. Know, I know of it. It's a uh, Korean Western. But I have not uh, seen it. Korean Western, really awesome movie. And The Weird is a character that on, when you watch it, he looks like a version of Wild Bill Kelso. Okay. And that, um, he's this weirdo, he's kind of an idiot, <laughs> he's yeah. a drunk, he's a wild man, but yet he's also the most badass guy in the film. Yeah, which is uh, what John Belushi kind of does in this movie. Exactly. Too. And he's in it equally, because there, there are three guys, there yeah. are two other guys in the movie. Um, he's awesome in it. Um, but that's a thing where it's like, I feel like if that movie was, if there's a lot more Wild Bill Kelso, yeah, I would be saying way more positive things. Or even just cut out the rest of it. <laughs> this will be a 10 minute movie. We can increase the percentage of Wild Bill Kelso by losing a lot of other stuff. Um, I think Wally, we can lose him entirely. I think we can lose oh everything God. with Wally. I, I think, and I hate to say it as a fan, I think we can lose everything with Dan Aykroyd. Here's a bummer, right? Yeah. Aykroyd, on paper, yeah. sounds like he should fit in this movie. Yeah. Ackroyd, this is this might I add, handsome Ackroyd. Yeah, this is handsome Ackroyd. <laughs> Ackroyd's got that amazing voice. Yes, he fits in this world, and yet, and yet he's not in it, and he doesn't matter. So you can cut him out. <laughs> cut him out. John Candy has what, two lines in this, and John... then some weird racist side story. Yep, yep. Uh... Um, the at the end of the movie. All of a sudden, I went, hey, it's Mickey Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the whole thing? Did yeah. I miss you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, do you remember a moment, and I thought this was strange at the time, then I had I looked it up and confirmed, where like a plane or something crashes into a building, mm-hmm. and John Belushi is in the building? <laughs> as, oh. a, as a second character? Uh, and I was like, wait a minute, is that just John Belushi again? Here's the thing, John Belushi the is going on. He is in it as a second character. Yes, and I looked it up. I confirmed that was him. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. In what they call Marlon Brando makeup, right? <laughs> I, I was not recognizable as Marlon Brando no, to me. No. Um, um, James Conn's in the movie for two point yeah, five seconds. Yeah. Uh, but no. Okay, like I will say this: one of the more surreal out of box, uh, out of body experience of watching <laughs> this movie is realizing that I'm sitting, I'm watching a scene where I'm like, this is a scene with Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, that's the other thing. Christopher He's a- Lee yeah. and fucking Slim Pickens. <laughs> yes. And also worth noting, much like uh, Francois Truffaut in yeah. Close Encounters, mm-hmm. here we have a very famous uh, foreign film actor yeah. in a rare American uh, movie. And again, the, like Francois Truffaut, yeah. Because of the success of Jaws and Close Encounters, yeah, and this is like everyone. Everyone was like, "Sign me up! Yeah, I want to be on the Spielberg train." Everyone, every Matt, everyone's in this fucking movie. I mean, we have the cast list in front of us right now. it's it's pretty nuts. Patty Lapone is in this movie. Patty Lapone. I don't know what she's doing there, but Um, she's there. uh, We got freaking Warren Oates. Yeah, Warren Oates is in this movie. Toss him, Uh, chuck him in, young. Treat Williams, yeah. young Nancy Allen, frickin' uh, Michael uh, McKeon. Uh, what, what, why, why, why can't I? Uh, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall shows up. Penny Marshall's in the movie. Fucking. I don't see her on the cast list here, but I know she's in it. Joe Flattery, who I love. Yeah, Joe uh, Flattery's great, and it's a racially insensitive performance from Joe Flattery. Correct, correct, <laughs> but still fun. Good, good old mm, Joe Flattery stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an insane cast. It's an uh, yeah that. I just you, you ever see here's here's what the, I want to here's how I what I kind of realized 1941 was 
This is Steven Spielberg's Grown Ups 2. And okay, then I'm going to let you keep going. Go it's ahead. a movie where they've got a huge <laughs> cast full of people who have been great in other things. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're bad here. It's that they're just having fun. Yeah. And when you're just having fun, the, it's fun on the set. But sure. it's, it's, not a, it's not a great movie. <laughs> and that's why I think you see things like... Um, like the weird uh, John Belushi as Marlon Brando is the patron in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. that was a thing he did on SNL. And I was right. like, oh, John, wouldn't it be fun if you did that? Sure, why not? And then they have like the weird Jaws parody at the start of the movie. I, <laughs> the movie opens with a Jaws parody. Yeah, actually, I want to point out that's <laughs> the one time I legitimately had a huge laugh. Yeah. <laughs> is the beginning of the movie where the nurse, there's a nurse character driving up to a beach. Yeah. And she's running down. Played and by, I believe, the same woman who played act, Christy Watkins. Exact same actress played Sidney yeah. Cross. And she's running, she's taking her clothes off, and then she's, and I realized the shot, and I went, shut yeah, this up. Is, actually, before I realized what they were doing, I wrote down, because there's a little establishment of like saying it's in Northern California. Yeah. I actually wrote down, Northern California looks like Amity, before I realized that they were doing the Jaws thing. It's legitimately the one time I literally went, I kind of went, oh, it's fucking hilarious. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's the exact same shot, except a little more daylight, yes, so you can see her boobs this time. You can you can see a lot this time. Yeah, but it's it's the whole thing. She gets in the water, John Williams does basically does his score. Yeah, it's weird, because it's John Williams like ripping off the John John Cause, Williams. Because it's not quite the Jaws. Mm-hmm. It's like 99% the Jaws theme. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and so at first I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And this is interesting to me because it's Spielberg commenting commenting on his own career. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting to me. And, yeah. and now that we've been doing this, right? Yeah. It makes it a little more fun for me because we have been watching them in order. Yeah. So it, is, it adds an extra boost of kind of niftiness, kind of coolness for me. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, look at this. He's he's already calling reference to his own work. Yeah. And, and this is the last time I really laughed at the movie. <laughs> Did um, you catch the other uh, Spielberg self-referential bit? It took movie? me a moment and I had to rewatch it again. But you I'm, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, go ahead, though. Uh, the There's a scene where John Belushi destroys a gas station. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same gas station that gets destroyed in Duel. Mm-hmm. And it's owned. It's played by the the owner of the gas station. is played by the same woman in both films. Yeah, my my aunt Lucille, Lucille Benson. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> she makes a return appearance in the Spielberg movie. Your aunt yeah. Lucille. Um, and again, that's kind Although of ashamed of her heritage because she was credited as Benson E N in this movie. Ooh, really? <laughs> lost oh, the Owen. Right. Yeah, I caught that. It's Owen in, in the first, in Duel, and it's Owen in real life. But some, hmm. for some reason, she was credited as Benson B E N S E N. Right. I don't know why. It's very what happened, Aunt Lucille. Uh, she apparently had some kind of falling out. <laughs> so in that period, uh, she's just like, no. But I want to talk about that scene too. So John Belushi destroys this gas station. There's yeah. a gas leak. Plane's taken off on its own. Mm-hmm. He shoots down a like gun flare. Well, thing? He, shoot, he shoots down the phone wire. Telephone wire. Called? Yeah, those are the ones. He shoots down one of those, mm-hmm. and then the sparks light the gasoline, and the gasoline is going to the plane. Yeah. Uh, and I thought we were going to see a really cool scene of him having to jump in the plane and take off before the fire catches up, and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just don't. It just cuts away. Um, here's the funny thing, too, right? I can tell that we're already not doing our usual breaking down scene by scene. How? Right? <laughs> Halfway through the movie, I was like, nothing connects to anything. I don't know how I'm supposed to keep track of this. I'm supposed to take notes. Because this, it's a mess. No, no exactly. No, it's, it's a jumble. I was like, I'm sitting there going like, all right, Matt's usually on top of this. Is he going to do the... No, nope. no. Okay, because I couldn't either. No, it's, it's impossible. Because again, man is the madcap. <laughs> and the, the thing is like, so we've, we've got like sort of five loose stories going. Yeah. That sort of culminate together at the end. Mm-hmm. Except 
A, when they do culminate, it's really forced. Yeah. And doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Wally, you go fight the, the submarine. Why? Is a question <laughs> no one thinks to ask. <laughs> um, and also, before we get to that culmination, every scene is basically just them waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Like, every character is totally directionless. Nobody has an important task they're supposed to do except mm-hmm. for John Belushi. Right. Uh, and the and uh, Stillwell, who wants to watch Dumbo. Right. Like, the only, there's two characters in this movie who actually uh, have okay, any I, kind of motivation. Okay, Robert Stack to Stillwell is kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll say is he he's loves, kind of, He loves Dumbo, that he guy. Admit, okay, I'm not, him crying at baby, <laughs> yeah. at, at, the, at the Dumbo with being, like, with the mo- Dumbo mother scene, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. that scene gets me. Yeah. So, so I'm seeing <laughs> Still, I'm seeing Stack cry. I went. I feel you, man. Yeah, that's a ta- that's a bummer of a scene. <laughs> Second Spielberg movie in a row too to uh, look fondly on a, on a Disney film. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this is back in the day where Disney doesn't have the ironclad. You're not allowed to show any of our stuff. That's not. Yeah, because they show a lot of Dumbo. There's a lot of Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just it's every scene. Every scene is just like killing time <laughs> tell. and that's why I think it's so easy to lose to just lose scenes yeah. mm-hmm. because nothing matters nothing is leading anywhere no and then at the end it's just like oh this plane and that plane and they're fighting yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's like since there's no real because here's the this is the funny everyone's lost even the irony that the Japanese sub is lost. Yeah. That's why yeah. they have their weird subplot of... And they're... I was so mad at the Japanese subplot. Because here we've got... I, I, I'm i going to butcher his name because I'm a very... Toshiro Mifuni. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Him. And Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Two... And then, at a certain point, Slim Pickens. Right. Uh, two and then three fantastic actors. Mm-hmm. And every goddamn scene is like, oh shit, the compass still doesn't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> they keep checking in and adding nothing new. It's kind of fun when Slim Pickens is trying to take a shit. I'll right. grant you. That's a little fun. <laughs> That's a little fun, yeah. But uh, mostly it's just they're checking in for the same scene over and over again. It's it's and it's like it, be, it becomes this weird thing where okay, this is a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. We don't the Japanese don't need a motivation to attack us other than the fact that they're at war with us. Right. That's what you do in war. Right. But if you keep checking in with them, <laughs> we need a little more than just they're at war with us and that's what they're doing. Like, we we get no sense of the character. Like it's right, like other than they got a huge boner for Hollywood that they want to destroy. Yeah. No. But and the thing like they, these characters should be funny in their own regard, right? Yeah. Like they, like they, but they're playing it as if they're sort of in a straight war movie, yeah. Which I guess is almost a joke, but yeah. then it's it's just not well, funny. It's, it's I mean that's it, that I mean that was that that works when Leslie Nielsen does it. That works yep. when the movie is gearing it towards that, right? But when the movie is is not, well, you don't have the funny around you, you know, no. and it's just played like a straight war movie. Then it's there's no there's no comedic infrastructure, and, and I think and it falls apart. And part of the reason it falls apart is is. Of all, is I is the thing I'm gonna I'm shocked I'm gonna say, but it's the truth. Is Spielberg's directing? Yeah, and it's like, and here's the thing: like Spielberg, you can tell that there's a lot of Spielberg fetishisms that he wanted to do, right? Yeah, like he loved that period, right? Clearly, yeah. that's yes. why he keeps going back to it. But this is that first time he's doing it, and he's over fucking doing it. Yeah, so man, it's like he loves planes. So all the like he loves that period of planes. So the planes look amazing. Yeah, he loves the club scene because those are go from the, the the cool club move scenes from the movies in the 40s and 30s. Yeah, so he does a full on scenes of those. He does all. He puts so much detail in shooting them. Like great, yeah. That he's so focused on that that he doesn't know how to focus on the comedy, yeah. So which is kind of important in a comedy movie, <laughs> like you. That's and that's truth. That's the truth about some like really good, amazing comedy directors, yeah. right? Like guys who can do both, yeah. Give you something visually great, but understand 
the point of the joke is the main is our comedy Edgar characters. Wright. We talked we talked about him at length before Ed- this episode recorded. No, exactly, Edgar Wright, John uh, John Landis. Yeah, like I, I early Landis, early Land, uh, but I maintain Blues Brothers. Yeah. It's a great oh, looking yeah, movie. Is, it looks amazing. It looks amazing, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Ironically, this movie stars. And also, Blues Brothers. Is a, if you've read anything about the production, it's like they didn't have a script. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were like over budget somehow. Yeah, like which is there's a couple of dudes just trying to play music. How did you over went over? Budget? I mean, I guess the car chase scenes were probably pretty expensive. Fair enough, but they're amazing. Um, yeah, they're, they're so good. like it's a comedy movie with just amazing car chase. Yeah. Um, Ivan Reitman, Ghostbusters. Yeah, another example. Yeah, like that, the, Ghostbusters is an amazing looking film with an amazing cast. And maybe and and it's there, you'll notice something about all these films. Mm. Uh, these are films that have John Belushi in them. Yep. These are films that have Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd in them. <laughs> you would, so I think maybe the, some someone in production thought, well, those are the guys we get. Mm-hmm. When we want to make a comic movie that looks good, yeah. they didn't realize, oh, you, you also need the director to be focusing on that. <laughs> and Spielberg, I think, was so focused on his fetishistic, like, fun 40s stuff. Yeah. That, and he's so new at comedy. Yeah. That he didn't realize that he was missing. Like, it's like the camera was focusing on everything else but the comedy. And yeah. He, and I don't think he realized that he was doing it. Yeah. Like, he was just having so much fun doing, oh, yeah, cool, we get to do all these great stuff. And then I'm like, Steven... Focus. Yeah. Over. No, the comedy. Steven. Yeah. Like people's face and cakes is not funny. No. <laughs> you know? And I, 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 to shift, this is a weird thing where uh, I'm going to shift some of the blame away from Spielberg. Actually. Wow. Whoa. Uh, what the fuck is and, happening? And towards the two men who wrote my favorite movie of all time. Technically three in this case, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Because John Milius also uh, wrote it's, the story. Yep. Yep. But, I mean, I, I love John Milius. John Milius <laughs> is not a comedy writer. <laughs> um,. But here's to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zemeckis and Gale, uh, as much as I love Back to the Future, mm-hmm. you look at the, uh, the other movies, and let's specifically look at Used Cars, which Used Cars, I think, has a very has a lot of similar problems, which is uh, there's, there's sort of zany situations, mm-hmm. but there's nothing actually funny happening. Like, there's no jokes. Right. There's just like this sort of general air of zaniness, yeah. which I think a lot of movies kind of of the 70s and 80s have. Like, there were a lot of great comedies back then, mm-hmm. but then there were also a lot of movies that were comedies simply by virtue of the fact that they were not dramas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Used Cars is definitely one of them mm-hmm. uh, that was also written by Zemeckis and Gale. Yeah. And then not written by them, I think, and this is maybe controversial, I think Clue is one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Revenge of the Nerds is one of those movies yeah. where it's like, like there's the situations are sort of not serious, but they're also there's they're not there's no funny in them, right? And I uh, think that's a huge problem with this movie. Well, I mean, like definitely, what doesn't what kind of hurts um, this movie specifically, yeah, it, for sure is any real character I can give a shit about, yeah, like any real character I can latch onto. I guess. Their attempt is Wally, but I don't like no, Wally. No one, <laughs> why would you ever give a shit about well, Wally? Well, Wally's this weird is this idiot who keeps won't stop dancing in the kitchen. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah I did. I, I will say I cut, I wrote down this actually a uh, couple of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> the first scene with Wally and his his buddy, yeah. who was like a huge part of his first two scenes, then dropped completely. Yeah. Well, until he remembers he's. It's like almost if Zemeckis and Gale went, Oh his shit! Friend, put his friend. friend. He put his friend <laughs> in the club scene. Yeah. So then his friend shows up later. Uh, and with a w- weird little callback with the two sisters from when they were still in the suit, now he's dancing with them at the club. Right. Uh, but uh, their their first scene, I kind of like. Just it, it, it it's kind of like a uh, weird. 
kind of precursor to like uh you know like seinfeld later on is always something like where it's just like these guys are fucking idiots and that's kind of delightful where he's dancing and they're tossing food yeah. like they're just throwing food on the grill he's spilling the <laughs> coffee everywhere yeah that is kind of a funny scene mm-hmm. just to see these like two right. dickheads <laughs> be bad at their job right but then two seconds later when we're expected to care about them it falls apart completely <laughs> because you cannot care about those characters and is it are you because about, they are a couple of assholes <laughs> is that you're talking about the scene where they're kind of at the con- confronting acroids yeah that that, yeah. that immediately follows it's like yeah. oh now you want me to care about this guy mm-hmm. i only liked him because he was an idiot who <laughs> i could point my finger at and if laugh. he was like a starry-eyed wide-eyed guy who loved dancing <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead it's like i don't know what happened to him in that one scene or just he like i don't care yeah it's hard i have to literally rewatch it to go why don't i like him but i just knew me like eh. yeah i just kind of forgot about him yeah and then realize like oh we're following wally again why why i <laughs> why? don't what's the point like yeah. <laughs> um did you also for a second think wally was ralph macho no i did no oh, did you and he's his voice kind of sounds like him and when, mm-hmm. if you see him at an angle if you see his face straight on he's clearly not ralph macho but at an angle I can see it. Well, he's got his eyebrows. Yeah, that, that and his hurt. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another Jaws alumni in his movie is uh, Lorraine Gray. Yeah, and one uh, of her few non-Jaws appearances. <laughs> one of her non-Jaws appearances. And uh, her second to last film she ever did. Really? Last one was Jaws Four: The Revenge. <laughs> she did this. Took ten years off. <laughs> did Jaws Four. Ouch. And then she said, "I'm it. That's my masterpiece." I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Ned Beatty, who I, I I do I am a big fan of Ned Beatty. Yeah, but. Not in this movie. Not right? in this movie. Yeah. Same with Lorraine Gray, where it's like, it's like, hey, remember L- Lorraine was like a loving, intri- like loving and kind of care, like caring, like like wife and mother character yeah. in Jaws, and here she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't do it for the whole film. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. She's wearing a maid outfit. Yeah. Or what looks like a maid outfit. Yeah. For like most a hairnet. Something. It's like it's. I mean, it's like a class. It's yellow instead of black and yeah. white, but it's like a classic look with the big. The shoulder things, apron made out of it. Made out of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, and once again, three horrifying children are the kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, I it, will say the kids did have a, one of. The, I would say there was like seven moments in this film that I enjoyed that we're <laughs> sort of slowly picking out as we go. Uh, the kids did have a great moment when when the dad is uh, he's got the big gun in the house mm-hmm. and the kid says you're ruining Christmas. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. That's good because they're right. He is. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I don't even know where else can we go with this. Um, uh, let's talk about the word Jap. <laughs> oh, please. Because, <clears throat> excuse me. I, in in you know in fairness that was a word that was probably used a lot back then. Yeah, no, in fairness, I mean you can argue for historical accuracy. It's nine. It is nineteen forty one, and it's in that this movie. It came out in a weird time when you could have your leads say Jap a lot, and they're still heroes. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. It's it, we're in a weird place now with World War Two movies. Where you you can watch him, you know this guy probably said like Jap and crowd a lot, <laughs> but it's not cool to show him that because then the audience won't like him. Right, right. So I don't I don't know how I feel about it in this movie. It's it is kind of that. It's it's just so it's a weird artifact. Yeah. Not just of 1941, but of 1979 right. when the movie came out. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's there's that scene where Aykroyd is having this big speech in the middle of like downtown LA. Yeah. He's on the tank and is like. Like, are oh, we going to have more slanty guys take over this country? Yeah, no. Are we going to have guys eat rice and fish heads? No. And I almost want to do a joke version of that. Like, take that scene, mm-hmm. shoot some uh, Asian-American actors in, like, 1940s gear in yeah. downtown L.A. Yeah. Have them, like, walk into that scene and then look, hear that speech, 
do an intent hut and walk the other direction. <laughs> like, oh, like, we're out. Oh, hey, who? The raw. Clearly not a good time for us. <laughs> we're just gonna Oops, see you okay. later. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go this direction. How's, how's Canada these days? <laughs> <Yeah, they're nice. laughs> they got any internment camps? <laughs> okay, good. I'm yeah. gonna be. Mm. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. head north. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's like I kind of get what they're going with it, but yeah, yeah just uncomfortable. Yeah. In now today's standards, yeah, as you know, because it is, <laughs> yeah, and well, yeah, let's also talk about the black character then. While we're on the subject of racial sensitivity in this film, <laughs> uh-huh. that one, that one kind of got to because even like you could say it's a product of its time, but I really feel like Spielberg should have known better with some <laughs> of that stuff. Like, there's a scene where he he runs down the street, uh, and then you know one person says to the other, "What is that?" And the other one says, "I believe that's a very large Negro." That's that's not a joke. It's played as if it's a moment of comedy. Right. But it's just like, hey, big Negro. Like that's not that's just it's just like, hey, look at this freak who's different from us. It's uh, it's bad. No, it's no, really I, bad. No, like I'm gonna knock Bob and and, and, and yeah, Bob. Bob. Yeah, the Bobs. <laughs> the Bob's like Bob's yeah. and Steven guys. Yeah. That's not humor. That's not not at all. <laughs> and yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, I also am uh, not crazy about, and this is where I almost feel like Spielberg is uncomfortable, uh-huh. it, is with the sex stuff. And yeah. I, f- I feel like, so there's Tim Matson's character uh, is fucking going gaga over uh, Nancy oh, Allen's Oh, yeah, that whole weird side plot. Where N- Nancy Allen's character is really in the planes. Yes. I mean, like. Really, really, very into planes, <laughs> and so his whole deal is that I'm gonna, I need to get her in a plane, and, and then get laid, so and that he, I can fuck her, so I can fuck her on a plane. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, and I'm like, and we spend so much time on this plan. Yeah, and I just, again, it's a, it's a weird character thing where I'm like, I don't give a shit about Tim Matheson. It's I like, don't, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not a believer in his quest. I don't. I don't think it's a noble thing he's think, doing. No, because he's clearly lying to this woman. Asshole, this woman's clearly shallow. Yeah, know? and I don't. I don't think it's fun. Like I don't even think he's fun to laugh at. Nope. Nope. It's just. It's just a whole lot of you. Yeah. It. it and the women. That's the other thing about that, this time period. So who, who we got? We got Nancy Allen, mm-hmm. who's just there to be a sex object. Right. We got Lorraine Gary, yep. who's there to nag. Yep. Uh, and then we got Betty. Mm-hmm. Who, I don't remember the actress's name, mm-hmm. but she's there to be a sex object. Uh, Diane K. As Diane I'm looking out, yeah. But yeah, yeah, she's there to be the innocent sex object for yeah. Wally. She's she's there to be the one that uh, Wally and uh, Treat Treat Treat, treat Williams, Williams can fight over. Uh, treat Williams playing a character named Chuck Stretch Satarski. Sure. And like, there's again period. I'm I'm aware of the time period it was written and where the time period set, but um, Ch- Chuck is got um, the way he's approaching Betty yeah. is super uncomfortable and Buddy no means no yeah when she's screaming and she's finding ways to get away from you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like take the hint yeah and don't force things on her yeah. and this is played. As a laugh. Yeah. Oh, it's played as a joke. And I get to a certain degree it was funny in 79. Like a little bit. Yeah. I will say though, at least he is the bad guy. Clearly. In 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 these moments. Yeah. Like it's it's bad that it's portrayed as funny. That's certainly not cool. (laughs) But it is even within the joke, he is the villain of the piece. Yeah. So I mean, so it's not the worst. 
Yeah. But it's still not good. It's still not good. It's not, and again, not funny. Yeah. I, I will say I like the potential of the scene in which Wally and Betty are being chased by Chuck in the club. And the only reason I saw potential is like, okay, if the idea is that Wally's a legitimately an amazing dancer, yeah. then he's going to, quote unquote, dance his way out of, of fighting Chuck. Yeah. And I hype like, the dancing so much for nothing. For nothing. And it's glimmers, right? Like, oh, Wally yeah. can flip off a wall or Wally can do a little spin on it. But I'm yeah. sitting going like, Steven, this is your chance to really, like, this could have been like, what? Yeah, that, that's a cool idea. A Fred Astaire type guy or yeah. being, uh, or, uh, uh God. Guy's name singing in the random. Yeah, I'm a jerk. Uh, fuck. Uh, well, let's go with Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire's sure. Yeah, <laughs> Fred, Fred Astaire, like a, a Fred Astaire, Fred Astaire style like dancer. Yeah, who's like trying to avoid a fight. This could be like kind of like a Jackie Chan type thing. It could, where he's like getting clever and he's running around and he's doing spins and he's like, like this would have been an amazing sequence. And you can see that Stephen kind of wanted to shoot it as ambitiously as that. Uh, Gene Kelly, thank you. There we go. I, just, <laughs> just, I, I didn't want the listeners to be bothered <laughs> screaming it at their iPhone. It's like, Gene Kelly! Yeah, we, we got there, guys. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, a Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire type sequence, and that could yeah. have been an amazing scene. Yeah. Instead, I got a little version of it, and I probably gets fact, I'm assuming that... A little splash. A little splash, and yeah. I, it's either probably the fact that the guy playing Wally isn't that great of a dancer, or Steven didn't think of it like that, which I'm going, it's yeah. a bummer, dude, because yeah. I think you had a shot to make that really memorable. It could have been really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, added factor that we didn't really mention in the, in the whole um, Stretch and Betty saga mm. is Maxine, mm. uh, Betty's friend, yep. who despite all the raping, <laughs> still is way into Stretch. <laughs> Uh, and she's played by, uh, of course, um, Wendy Jo Sperger, Sperber, mm-hmm. uh, who would go on to be Linda McFly yep. in Back to the Future. What the fuck are you doing? Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Marty says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I splashed it a little bit for a to real 2015 yeah. splash. But no, like, sure. but definitely. He says, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? I, I can't lie and pretend that I don't know. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it, as I was watching, you know, when I watched it and I was like, oh, hey. Yeah, Linda McFly. Yeah, look yeah. at that. Um, part of the reason why Bob and Bob, Bob the Bobs, <laughs> the Bobs, yeah. part of the reason why the Bobs remembered, like, hey, let's put her in it. Yeah. They probably, they probably liked her, yeah. you know, even if she has a, in the end, a really small bit in Back to the Future. Yeah. But yeah, it's, there is uh, that. And uh, Joe Flaherty, of course, shows up in, in Back to the Future too. That's right. And arguably the best scene in the entire <laughs> series. <laughs> Um, uh, let's just talk about Back to the Future. Wouldn't wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? we wouldn't we, we be more happy? We always listen. I'm always happy to talk about Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> but we have a duty to the but fans we, we do to talk about 1941. And right you now. know what? Like it's as a respect to the Bobs. I do. Yeah. I should. I I I should acknowledge this. <laughs> uh, a movie that I I'm. I'm sorry, boys. I'm just not into. No. <laughs> um, uh, we haven't talked about the Ferris wheel at all. Oh, with uh, with the guy who talks like this. Yeah. And the dummy, which I'm trying to remember when the dummy showed up. I will say, I did kind of like the dummy reveal. Yeah. So the other guy, the non-annoying guy, is Murray Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, who was great in Jaws. Right. My favorite character in Jaws. Yes. He was Mary Larry Vaughn. Yep. <laughs> uh, Again, another Jaws alumni, which is a lot of fun, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he really did, has nothing to do here. Except be annoyed by the annoying guy. Yeah. Uh, there was a great moment, though, where he says, don't, don't say another word. And then he reveals the dummy <laughs> as a way of not saying another word. And I was like, you know what? That's a that's a that's a, that's a good gag. bit. That's a good gag. That's a good gag. Yeah. Um, but mostly, I don't. What are they doing up there? Um, they're kind of lookouts. 
lookouts. Who's who puts them up there? That old guy who's yeah. there for no reason. Yeah, yeah. What's that guy's deal? I don't know. Is he with the army? Is he with Lorraine Gary's family? Is who is he? Pro- I don't know. <laughs> this There's the, there is so much of that in this movie. The, 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 the where he answers, why are they doing this? Who I, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like 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 why does <laughs> what? <laughs> so they pick up Slim Pickens because they think his name is Hollywood. So he would know. His name is Hollis Wood. Hollis Wood. So somehow because right. his name is Hollis Wood, they think because his name sounds like. Was it? Were they aware of him beforehand? And it's like, or the Japanese guys who were on well, the road. The Japanese when, guys landed. Yeah, they saw a sign that said Los Angeles, uh-huh. Pinewood, uh-huh. and a truck that said Hollis Wood. And then by luck, they were what he probably fucking knows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I also want to. Call- I think there was some implication that, due to mistranslation, they maybe thought he in some way was Hollywood <laughs> that in some way he was we have a, to kill Hollywood he was a physical manifestation of Hollywood <laughs> um I, I, to go back in the beginning also real, pine trees featuring real prominently here uh which would be big in back to the future later <laughs> this is true uh to go back to go back in the beginning of the movie real quick I just want to pull up call it point out just one bit I didn't know how to react to yeah um, <laughs> so there's uh poor Chrissy Marks's ancestor stuck on the <laughs> Stuck on the submarine. Stuck yeah. on the submarine. And there's like, you know, they're getting ready to go down Periscope, go back down to the water, and there's this one Japanese guy who catches her. And then I go, so Stephen, what's, what do you, what would you ask him to do to act horny? Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? And he's just like, is he in such a, sh- is that the first naked woman that guy's ever, ever seen? seen? So he's just, ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Like, he reacts as if it's like, if it's like if he didn't know naked women existed, like he didn't know that was a thing, yeah. and then he saw he's like, holy shit! And it's like, what is this? What is this? Holy! <laughs> and he's just frozen. Yeah. In that moment, and never wants to like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting going, no, for reals, man. What are you? What doing? are you doing? It's like, what happened here? What happened to your brain? Yeah. Are you all right? It's like, as if he saw like the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> and also wanted to have sex with it. <laughs> like that's how he's like, like, like he can't believe it, and he's also super turned on. I'm never gonna have sex with a blonde American woman yeah. ever. Yeah. That's the closest I'm gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's 400 pounds in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was I don't know what was going on with that I guy. I don't know. And again, I don't know. That's the answer to so many questions about this film. Um, I'm going to look and see who else we got. Who going, else did we uh, talk about? Who else we talked about? John Lannis has a cameo. Probably. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Michael McKeon also. It, it, it said him at the end of the movie. I did not. What was he? I, he was like another gunner. Oh, sure. Like in downtown. <laughs> sure. Like one of those. And what is another thing too, right? You have cameos in this yeah. movie. And I guess it's the weird thing where you have a cameo like James fucking Khan. Yeah. And I actually had a look for him. Because apparently he's in the beginning of the riot scene. As soldier in fight is right. his character name. And it's a thing where you go like, all right, if you're going to have a cameo with someone recognizable. James Conn's a star by this yeah. point. Yeah. Like, he's already well fucking yeah. known. So it's like, you're going to have a cameo. Okay, I get the idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny that James Conn, for two seconds. Yeah. And I'm sure he had a day where he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to hang out. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, listen. Milk, <laughs> yeah, milk it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I'm not saying a close-up. Perhaps a medium. Yeah. 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 <laughs> something. Wait, waist up. Something where, something where we can see him. It's like, so I can go, shit, James Conn. That's the joke, right? The joke is, shit, James Conn. And then he goes away like that. Yeah. That's the joke. Steven, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> 
27, eight-year-old Steven Spielberg. That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I know the planes are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Nancy Allen, Steven Spielberg. He is. He's, he is like having sex with the camera and the planes. Yeah. Because those are the best stuff in the movie. Yeah. The planes are, the plane sequences. Uh, if I can say a super positive thing, mm-hmm. the model work of downtown LA yeah. and the chase the unnecessary chase <laughs> <laughs> between Tim Metz and Nancy Allen's character and 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 Wild uh, Wild Cow. So, oh, yeah. is this conflicting thing? Because I'm sitting there going, like, this looks incredible. This looks amazing, and the way it's shot, it's dynamic. It's yeah. exciting, and I love the visual of like 1940 planes in downtown LA. Yeah, that is awesome. I wish I thought this was funny. <laughs> I wish yeah. I thought this was cool. It's yeah. not. It's another case. It's like this weird case. So the comedy is they don't know. It's not piloted by Japan uh, by Japanese pilots. It's piloted yeah. by a guy trying to get laid. Yeah, that's the joke. And I'll, let's talk about Loomis again for a second, please. <laughs> yeah. So his plan is to get her up in the air in an airplane and have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And then when he does it, he immediately realizes, oh shit, I can't fly a plane and have sex at the same time. Yeah. How did that not occur to him <laughs> at any point in his plan? It's it's like how did he never realize that that was going to be a problem? And that's kind of again like that weird bit of like Spielberg not really being into the sex stuff, right? Yeah. It's just like he's just it's almost like like Stephen goes like right oh uh, sex comedy okay I can so they they do sex in this thing yeah in this so, scene so there though he he wants sex so bad he'll be an idiot to fly a plane yeah. <laughs> Right, Bob's. Mm. Yeah, sure, Steven. Sure, yeah, all whatever, right, whatever, cool. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> cool, and that's the motivation. So yeah. he, for hell or high water, he's gonna <laughs> have sex with Nancy Allen in a plane. And it's weird. It's it's. I mean, so much of this film seems cuttable, but if if Wild Bill Kelso eventually ending up chasing them through Los Angeles in planes, if that's not the main thrust of the story. What is? <laughs> is the main yeah, is the is the main point of the story that is it the Japanese sub? Is it? Because to me, it's either the Japanese mm-hmm. sub or Kelso and 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 eventually winding up chasing this other American plane. Right. Neither yeah. are strong enough to base a movie on. No, no. But those seem to be and put together. They're not strong <laughs> enough to base a movie on. <laughs> um. But it's so. I mean, so much. So much of the film is dedicated to that. It's such. It's such a big point, and it just no part of it works. No, and it's, that's why. Like again, moments and bits that I go, that's cool, but it's clear. The yeah. biggest thing that's clear about this movie is Stephen never do a full comedy never, ever again. Never again. That's and he didn't. <laughs> what would you call the terminal? Was that a dramedy? Was there dramedy? A there was a comedy element. To it. It's most. It's dramedy. With a good, it's comedy with a good dose of drama, so okay. it's a dramedy. Okay. Because there's more, because there's, it's, this is, again, Mad Cap yeah. is 1941. <laughs> Make, oh man, the yeah. mad is capist. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, wee, zany. <laughs> Terminal's funny, but it's definitely yeah. more. It's, uh, it's, it's the kind of funny that he can handle. He can handle, because there's a little bit of drama and, yeah. and some weight happens to it. Okay. You know, but no, like that's, and that's, that's the thing. I almost feel like another problem with Steven is they felt like, Humor is actors screaming at the camera hmm. while something is about to hit them. Yeah. That, that <laughs> is humor. <laughs> so, that's why... 
Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, also pointing blames at the Bobs as well, because clearly, you know, they, they lost control. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. So let's see here. We're, we're, uh, we're struggling. I, we're we're, we're treading water. <laughs> I want to point something else out about Toshir from Mufuni's. Okay. Uh, uh, just Toshir Mufuni period. Yeah. Um, it's it's also kind of known that uh, George Lucas also offered the role of Obi Wan Kenobi to Toshir Mufuni. Yes. And understandably, I also get why Toshiro probably said no. Yeah. He's like, okay, little, eh, kind of weird. Didn't you know? I get it, that you probably don't understand what the hell this American kid was going to try to do, yeah. and wasn't really and I was like oh you want me to be a samurai in space <laughs> no yeah. I'm, I'm good I'm cool being a samurai on earth yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um but then he said yes to this <laughs> and to which I kind of go hey you know Toshiro I get I get why but you're a character <laughs> you could have been a character yeah that had some weight that you know isn't reliant on you being Japanese yeah. that would have been really exciting and you also would have been in the cultural tidal wave that well, is star fair, wars he wouldn't he wouldn't he couldn't have known that before oh no exactly no exactly but there's a thing i kind of almost want to tell him that yeah but even with, okay besides the cultural tidal wave he still would have had a character with weight yeah instead of a character who was literally just japanese general yeah bare minimum yeah is required for you and even like, even if and if the japanese care if his japanese general character had a flair had some sort of interesting character tick or or what i mean he's like yeah the the interview is not a great movie, you know. The the you know, but at the yeah. very least, uh, Randall Park's uh, Kim Jong Un is an interesting, funny character. Yeah, and a, a lot of it comes from Randall. But at least Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg try to make Kim Jong Un somewhat of a character. Yeah, it's not the greatest, but it's something. Yeah. As opposed, and you know, and you know, and but here's Toshiro Mifune, who's fucking Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, who, like you said, just stands there and goes, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, shit compass. <laughs> shit compass. Yeah. Uh, and Christopher Lee, who I, he go like, oh yeah, you're in this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, I can't do a German accent. He says, oh shit compass in a German accent. Yeah, shit, what he does. Yeah, and then Slim Pickens and then swallows and the... eventually <laughs> racist stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he's a Nazi. Exactly. Uh, uh, wow. Okay, so there's another guy I noticed in my notes. So the plane. So uh, John Belushi takes down the plane. Mm-hmm. They land in the tar pits. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. Do you know this? If how bad is tar? Like if you were to land in tar, <laughs> I would say really bad. Okay, well let's say we're hanging out of the tar pits. Uh-huh. Some something goes weird in my brain. Mm-hmm. I push you into the tar. <laughs> how is that? Are you okay? Are you walking away from that? Are you are I, you surviving or what's I, going on? I uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I was, I would say. Because movies, I, I, at various points, movies treat tar either like it's like, you know... Sticky... Stick- a bit of gum to step in. Yeah. Or it's ultra quicksand. <laughs> right. I feel like... And I don't know what real tar is. Even I, though I, I've been to the Liberator Tar Pits twice in my life. Because yeah. I live close. <laughs> I uh, I definitely... um, I, I think unless luck has, has struck me on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I... Like... Half my body gets in the tar pits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I do very well. Okay, so it is bad. I think it's bad. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, was just a side question. No, but my uh, main point is: so they go down the tar pits. Yeah, and meanwhile, Wally had, had some somehow come into command of a tank <laughs> because by the rationale of John Candy, well, he's wearing a jacket with stripes. You guys know that. Oh, that's right, because he had he had stolen someone's like uh, general jacket to yeah. get into the. 
to get into the dance. <laughs> so, but it's like, hey, hey, John, you, you guys remember that you did meet him. Not once, twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second time in a horrific zoot suit. Yeah. <laughs> to which I also, I will say the other funny joke for me that was Dacker going, kid, <laughs> you have, you got some wardrobe problems, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but he's in control of a tank now because they thought he was a general. Well, because John, because oh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, clocks out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> literally, almost literally. Literally. And he's no longer, can't be in control, yeah. so for some reason, well, he's got his... He's got stripes. Enough. Fuck it. Fuck it. That's the movie. Well, uh, I don't know. But ostensibly, <laughs> he's in the tank trying to take down this allegedly Japanese plane. Yeah. But then the plane goes in the tar pit, and there's a solid five minutes of movie where he's just fucking around with the tank. Like, he's just shooting at the theater. Yeah. The, the air. I, at some point, is he chasing Treat Williams? Who knows? Yeah, he is. He well, is he's tra- afterwards, but now, but that's yeah. after Treat Williams uh, tries to pull him out of the tank. Yeah. There's a good, like, five minutes mm-hmm. where he's just shooting into the air after the tank <laughs> has already calmed down. Oh, God. And no one, no one seems to mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's another, what's another weird... Okay, there's another memory I have of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's one of those, what am I watching... And it's part of the reason I didn't go through with the, watching the movie yeah. is the bit where Dan Aykroyd, I guess, is going crazy because he knocked his head. So he sure. had the. I mean, maybe that's clever. Maybe that's predating like '90s sitcom logic by 20 years. Fair enough. True. Touche. <laughs> um, that he's wearing like a stocking, a nylon stocking. Oh, and he's got the oranges, oranges and he's eyes. like, "I'm, I'm a bag! bag," and I'm like, "What happened here? Yeah, I don't know what's going on here." And then comes into the other, where I remember, I, I said, one of the other things that, that came to my head as soon as I was finished watching this movie is, wow, this is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and the moment that really nailed it for me is the tank driving through a paint factory. Yeah. Again, Which I can see, I mean, timeline-wise, this wouldn't work out because Blues Brothers came later. Yeah. But I can see that, let's let's just say for the sake of the scenario, Blues Brothers came out first. I can see him being like, oh, this is going to be our driving through a mall scene. Right. Like, this is going to be that scene. Right. And Memorable, it's, it's, big, over the top. Yeah. Problem is, it's a big, it's over the top. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and I, I can see, again, the visualist of Spielberg goes like, that's going to look great. And I'm like, yeah. you, you are correct. It looks yeah. neat. But there's just no, there's just no sense of fun to it. No sense of fun to it. Mostly because, why are we driving through here? Yeah. Like, when the Blues Bear are chasing the mall... We, why are trying we trying to get away from the cops? Trying to get away from the cops. There's a small purpose. Yeah. But there is a There's purpose. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. Um, and then they react, the way how they react to the mall driving. And some fun. Yeah. And levity. Exactly. There's a point. You hear it. They're going, ah, in the yeah. tank. And then they drive through the paint to hit a turpentine factory. To, which I go, why? Oh, to get rid of the you know what, though? I do. I laugh when you tell me that. Like, when you recount that, like, you're what you literally what you just did was funnier than what was in the movie. Because you know what? On paper, that is kind of a funny right. idea. That's a funny joke. On paper, right? It's like, yeah. oh, it goes through a paint factory. Then it goes to a turpentine factory, so it doesn't have the paint anymore. Yeah, but seeing it in the movie, oh boy. Yeah, it's like, why am I watching this? It's just, who cares? <laughs> uh, okay, so. We're at 50 minutes now. Okay. I feel like that's as much as anyone should be forced to <laughs> think about 1941. So we went three hours for Jaws. Yeah. Understandable. We went an hour and a half on Close Encounters. 
by sadly not talking enough about we're gonna, we're, we're gonna close this one under under an hour yeah <laughs> there's one more thing about the movie i want to talk about sure final scene mm-hmm. uh, japanese have destroyed a ferris wheel a ferris wheel <laughs> but otherwise been defeated yep um and dan Aykroyd says to who cares says to someone you know i don't think 1941 is the big year for the war i think 1942 is going to be the big year were they trying to set up a sequel there? I feel like. Is that what that was? I feel like that's the joke. This, the joke is, don't worry, the second one's going to be wackier. <laughs> but, but not just and, a joke, but like actively thinking this will be a sequel that will be wackier. Right. Okay. Plugs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, you can find me on Twitter, at Justin Kizan. Uh, I also, again, write every week on agesguard.com. Um... Uh, we are going to be hitting we just hit our two year anniversary a couple weeks ago Um, we're going to be definitely pushing more we'll be best we're definitely going to try to be pushing more to the public our existence of the site Um, uh, crazy fact eight of us that's including you Matt are going to be at Comic Con this year and um, ho- represent the exact yeah so we're yeah, guard up yeah uh, <laughs> on uh, SDCC 2015. Uh, also check out again um, Fan Alley on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, the first the teaser video of a series of videos that I'm I'm I've, uh, directing and editing is already out. It's uh, basically going to be a series of uh, quick interviews of uh, local artists at WonderCon, uh, and the interview. E is a delightful Muppet called <laughs> Ali Fan. I like that. And uh, she'll again. These are probably like be minute at max videos. Yeah. Be real quick. But uh, Fan Alley, it's gonna be is a store. It's coming out. It's gonna be opening up on June thirteenth. And uh, these are videos that'll be uh, definitely help uh, promote the store. But also will be kind of a shared collaboration. Uh, sh- um, I, we help each other with yeah. Agents of Guard and her store. So. This is just like uh, what this podcast is. It's a shared co- collaboration between Bevy Network and Agents of Guard. Exactly. We're all friends here, man. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> friends with each other. Uh, yeah, so go to BevyNetwork.com. Check out all the great shows on there. I, I, I host several of them, like Benson's Boombox, Popsicles, Matt and Brenda's Wrestling Show, uh, and Shut Up Leonard. Uh, and also, I don't host it, but I, I write for it. Check out Pick Your Path. It's a very exciting new show on the Benview Network. It is a choose-your-own-adventure podcast. And what that means is it's a scripted story that actually has chapters that you can skip in between, like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's innovative. To my knowledge, there's nothing else out there like it. Uh, and it's at BenviewNetwork.com uh, or on iTunes or your, you know, your podcast app. Make sure it supports enhanced podcasts that'll listen to it. I've definitely listened to it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Especially if you did you. the choose your own adventure stuff as a kid, yeah. um, so definitely, please, I definitely say, like, give it a shot. Um, don't drive while listening to it. Definitely don't drive while listening <laughs> to it, but 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 give it a listen. Give it a listen. It's, uh, it's a really really cool. It's, and it's, I, it's a it's, a, it's an, exi- an idea that we're all very excited about over at Benview, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. Uh, you can follow this show uh, on uh, at. I words are turning <laughs> against me tonight. I, um, ben on Steve at Ben on Steve is our is the show Twitter because we both knew that off the top of our heads. <laughs> and yet, and yet there was a panic. <laughs> um, and you can write us an email at Ben at gmail.com. 
uh, support us on iTunes, uh, write reviews, uh, rate us, subscribe to us. That all helps. That all helps people find the show. Uh, and I think that's our plugs for the week, part right. of the month. Yes, because we're a <laughs> monthly show. <laughs> uh, and join us next month when, for real, this time. I swear to God, <laughs> I am not. I'm not fooling. We're, we're not fooling. <laughs> I promise. You will. You will find a happier Matt and Justin. Yeah, because we'll be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. There we go. See you next month. What separates flagons and dragons from other live play D&D podcasts? We've got high-octane roleplay. Um, yes, this is Frank. Did you, I, was, I was heard that I, I was needed to be talked to. Insightful beer reviews. No, I'm going to go with a plus three to charisma for a heavy mouthfeel and a long finish. <laughs> <laughs> and even culinary tips. You want that marrow. I want that stuff goblin sort of... on goblin taste. <laughs> Check out flagons and dragons in iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.